0: What a wonderful day it's been, celebrating uh, Christ. Let's let's pray. Let's offer our time to God in prayer as we enter into this passage of Scripture today. Father, thank you for Christina and for the ways that you have um, poured out grace on her life. And Lord, I believe that you want to pour out grace on us as well today. May we we be attentive to the Holy Spirit this afternoon. I believe you want to speak to us. I believe you want to change us and transform us that we would say yes to your plans for our lives. And so we offer this time to you, it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said. Amen. Amen. Uh, Easter is all about surprises and about God showing up in unexpected ways. And uh, today I wanna focus on one of the more uh, unexpected and surprising things that Jesus did on that first Easter. And his words on that first Easter on the surface might seem confusing, but beneath the surface his words are, everything that we need to hear. In the book of John, we come across, chapter 20, we come across his words. And as you listen, uh, just like Christina did, God wants to invite you to let go of certain things so that the risen Jesus can take you somewhere, that he wants to take you somewhere. In John chapter 20, we hear uh, the word of the Lord. It goes like this. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And As she wept, she bent over into the, to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And this is what I want to focus on. Jesus said, touch me not. Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her, I want to focus on that verse that says in yellow there. Jesus said, "Touch me not. Do not hold on to me." I was tempted of calling this service, this sermon, "Can't touch this," um, <laughs> for you hammer fans out there, and uh, I couldn't reconcile Jesus in hammer pants though, and so <laughs> I said, "Let's call it something else. Let's just let's just call it something else." In our text this afternoon, we come across the classic story about Jesus on that first Easter Sunday. Two days prior, Jesus was crucified before family and friends. He was shamed, he was beaten, he was ridiculed before a crowd of people. And when he was on the cross, he uttered these last words on the cross, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And when he utters those words to the Father, it seemed as if this was the end. The disciples heard that Jesus said that he must die and be raised again, but at this moment, it seemed like there was no hope at all. And so they returned to life as normal. For three years, they, for, they, they, they followed Jesus. For three years, they, they just said, I, we are willing to follow you wherever you go. They gave up everything to follow him, and now he is gone. And as the disciples go back home, maybe to mourn together, Mary Magdalene decides to show up at the tomb. And maybe she had flowers in her hand the same way that if we visit a loved one at a gravesite at the cemetery, we come with flowers in her hand. Perhaps she was looking for closure, the final uh, moment where she can offer her words of grief to God apart from the disciples in solitude outside the tomb. Or maybe she just wanted to be close to Jesus. She knew that Jesus could do nothing for her at this point because he was dead, but maybe she just wanted to stay close to Jesus. And this might be a tremendous example Of faith, staying close to Jesus when all hope seems to be gone. And as she approaches the tomb, she sees that the stone has been rolled away. And she looks inside and sees that Jesus wasn't there. And so she ran back and told uh, the disciples, someone has taken Jesus' body. The disciples come back. They look with her. They see the tomb was empty, but they didn't understand what was going home. But Mary stayed. And she's standing outside the tomb weeping. It's bad enough that they lied about him. It's bad enough that they ridiculed him. It's bad enough that they mocked him. It's bad enough that they crowned him with a crown of thorns. It's bad enough that they spat on him. It's bad enough that they crucified him. Now they seem to have stolen his body. And could you imagine if a relative of yours, you were going to the gravesite, site, and, and, and out of the grief and, and mourning that you're experiencing, you go to the gravesite and their body, their tomb, is no longer there. This is horrific. This is traumatic. This is agonizing. But here's the beauty of the passage, that although Mary didn't know where Jesus was, Jesus knew where Mary was. And you might not know where God is in your life today. You might not be able to find out where God is, but you could be sure of this. God knows where you are. And at this moment, she turns around and she sees Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. She thought it was the gardener. And Jesus asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she responds, sir, if you've taken him away, Tell me where he is so I can bring him back. And at that moment, Jesus calls her name with great specificity and with great tender care, I believe, Mary. And I love that Jesus knows her name with such specificity and Jesus knows your name, not in some general way, some vague way. He knows your name, he knows your story, he knows your past, he knows your present, he knows your future, he calls Mary. And immediately she recognizes his voice. And so she sees Jesus and in shock and surprise, maybe a little bit of fear, she she cries out the first words out of her mouth "Are, are, Rabboni, teacher. And she goes and she grabs Jesus, holds on to him. And this is where the story gets a little strange. This is where the story gets a little weird. Because at that moment, you would think Jesus would return the hug. At that moment, he could have at least given her a fist bump. You know what I'm saying? Just like like Mary, great to see you. Boom, you know? But the first words out of Jesus' mouth is, touch me not. Don't touch me. Do not hold on to me. Now, on the surface, this looks like harsh words, especially when you look at the history of Jesus and his ministry, because on many occasions, Jesus let people touch him. Jesus had a ministry of touch. Many times people would come to Jesus and they would just touch his cloak. They would touch him and and they would get healed of their sicknesses, healed of their diseases. Why would Jesus say, don't touch me? Now we might say, well, I I know why. Maybe because uh, Jesus is resurrected now. And now that Jesus has a glorified body, she wasn't able to touch him. But if you look at the gospels, the rest of the gospels, even after the resurrection, Jesus let people touch him. In Matthew 28, this is what it says. After Jesus sees his disciples, it says, Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And Luke 24, it says these words where Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me. And see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. He tells his disciples they can touch him, they can hold him, but he tells Mary not to. What's going on here? Now to get some clarity here, the the original language of that word touch means to cling to. And Jesus is saying, Mary, don't cling to me, but why would he say that? What would he mean by that? Obviously, Jesus knows what she's thinking. Obviously, Jesus knows what she is feeling. And in that moment, Jesus wants to make something clear to Mary. And Jesus wants to make something clear to us on this Easter Sunday. And out of those words, do not hold on to me, there are a couple of insights I want to offer that I believe will change our lives if we grasp the implications of them. Jesus says, Mary, don't cling to me, and he's telling something, telling us something as well. And this is the first thing that Jesus is saying, I believe. I believe Jesus is saying to Mary and to us, let go of your limited view of who I am. Let go of your limited view of who I am. When Mary addresses Jesus, the first thing out of her mouth is rabbi, which is to say teacher. And it's not that the title rabbi was inaccurate. It's not that the title of rabbi didn't work. It's not that it was inaccurate, but it was incomplete because rabbi is his Good Friday name. But on Easter, Jesus is more than a rabbi. On Easter, he's more than a teacher. Uh, And this is what Mary needs. At this very moment, Mary needs a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And every Easter, what we desperately need is a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Every Easter, we need to meet Jesus again for the first time. And the presumption is that many people have is, I know God. I know Jesus. I've read the Bible. But anyone who really knows God knows that the more you know about God, the, more, the less you know about God. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you realize, I don't know anything about Jesus. And this is what Easter is about. Easter is about being reminded of who Jesus really is is, and was, was he a teacher without question? He was the best teacher that ever lived. But on Easter, we were reminded that Jesus was more than a teacher. Was he a preacher without question? He was the greatest preacher that ever lived. But on Easter, we are reminded that Jesus is more than a preacher. Was he a healer without question? The greatest healer that ever lived. But on Easter Sunday, we are reminded that he is more than a healer. Was he a prophet? absolutely without question but on easter sunday we are reminded he is more than a prophet on easter sunday we are reminded that he is the king of kings that he is the lord of Lords. he is the resurrected jesus and we need a fresh revelation of who he is today as john Ortberg says who is jesus hear these words he is the hinge of history he is the hope of the oppressed he is the inspiration of the dying he is the king of kings The Lord of Lords, he is the greatest teacher who ever lived, the greatest mind that ever thought. He sparked the greatest movement that ever spread. He offered the greatest gift ever given. He alone mastered life. He alone conquered death. He alone overcame sin. He alone grows more present with every passing year. He is the son of God, the savior of the world, the victorious risen king. Can you say amen to that? He's the victorious risen king. And so it's as if Jesus is saying, Mary, I'm more than your rabbi. I'm more than your teacher. I'm the resurrected one. And on Easter, we need a fresh encounter with the resurrected Jesus. And so Mary had to let go of her limited view of Jesus, and we have to let go of our limited views of Jesus. How long you've been a Christian, and maybe you're just exploring Christianity, we must let go of our limited view of Jesus. But beyond that, Because Mary had to let go of her limited view of Jesus, Mary had to let go of something as well. She had to let go of her limited view of her future. The limited view of her future. Perhaps at that moment, Mary saw Jesus and and she believed, Oh, Jesus is back. Things are going to return to normal. Hey, hey, the the, the delicatessen is open, Jesus. Let's just go. let's Let's do what we did before. Let's hang out where we hung out before. Let's, 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 let's go with the disciples where we played before. Let's do that. And she believed, probably at that moment, oh, she's holding on to him, be- believing the good old days are back. Oh yes, but we're, we're, we're back, everybody, and she couldn't be more wrong, because things will never be the same. And since that first Easter, things have never been the same. And so when Jesus tells Mary, "Don't cling to me," He's addressing something found in Mary. That's found in you and I. Barbara Brown Taylor says it best. She says these words. She says, the only thing we cannot do is hold on to Jesus. He has asked us, please do not do that, because he knows that all in all, we would rather keep him with us where we are than let him take us where he is going. We would rather keep Jesus where we are than to let him take us where he is going. And I love that insight. And when I see it in this way, I see that I'm just like Mary. I would rather keep Jesus where I'm at. Jesus, just stay right here. Just bless the stuff I'm doing right here. I'm familiar with this. I'm content with this. This is, this is all I'm used to. Just, just stay right here, and Jesus ha- would have nothing of it. Jesus is saying, you can't control me and relegate me to this. But Mary, I can take you somewhere. Mary, don't hold on to me, but let me hold on to you. I want to take you somewhere. And so on, this Easter story reminds us that Jesus wants to take you somewhere. And Mary would be content, but Jesus would have nothing of it. And, and he, he loved Mary too much to have her go back to life as normal. And he's saying, Mary, I have a future for you. You have a limited view of your future. You think this is all I have for you. Uh. Uh-uh, I have so much more for you, Mary. And so in essence, he say, Mary, you can't keep me here but I can take you where I'm going. And this is what Jesus says to each and every one of us on Easter, you can't keep me here, but I can take you where I'm going. Easter reminds us that however we have experienced life up until this point, God has something more for you. This is good news. God has something more for you. For some of you today, you've been stuck in life. You can't possibly imagine life to be different. Maybe despair has set in. Maybe you've come to the conclusion, that I guess this is how life will always be. Maybe you came to church this afternoon saying, I guess my marriage will always be this way. Easter says, no, Jesus is alive. God has more for you. Maybe you came in here wrestling with an addiction, trying to shake this thing over and over. Every year it seems to be the same. You're saying, I, I guess I will always have to live with this addiction. Easter says, Jesus is alive. There's a power available to you today. This does not have to have the last word. Maybe you're stuck in this job. You say, I'm going to be stuck in this job forever. My life will have no meaning. Easter says, no, no, your life has meaning. Jesus is alive. Are you willing to let him take you where he is going? The, the resurrection announces that the pain of life does not have the final say. God has more for every person in this room. And pain and suffering does not have the last word. But beyond just pain and suffering, having the last word, maybe some of you in this room have settled for comfort and security. Maybe you're not in the category of despair, which says nothing will ever change. Maybe you're in the category of comfort, which says, why should things change? I'm comfortable. I'm content. Got a good job. Married. Two and a half kids dog, cat, got a parking spot in Queens. You're living the life, especially the parking, lot, uh, parking spot in Queens thing. You're living the resurrected life there if you got a parking spot in Queens. But there's more to life than a parking spot in Queens. And Jesus is saying, For some of you, you've said, I'm comfortable, and Jesus is saying, I have such a future for you if you let me take you where I am going, and the invitation for us is to say yes, yes to him. Listen, the biggest problem that Mary had in this story wasn't necessarily a sin problem. Of course, she was a sinner. Of course, Jesus came to forgive her of her sin. The problem in this text is not a sin problem. The problem in this text is a sight problem. Mary could not see beyond what was here. She couldn't even notice that Jesus, she thought the gardener was Jesus. She had a sight problem. And most of us in this room, of course we have our sin issues, but many of us, if not all of us, have a sight problem, a vision problem. We cannot see our situation beyond the despair that we're in. We cannot see our situation beyond the comfort and security that we enjoy. But God wants to give you eyes to see today to see him for who he is and to see the future that he has laid out for you. And every one of you in this room, God has a great future for you. If only you would say, yes, take me where you are going, a future filled with hope and joy and peace and power. And the question on this Easter Sunday is very simple. It is this, are you willing to let God take you where he is going? Are you willing? And if you let Jesus in, if you, if you say yes to Jesus, I promise you he will offer you resurrection. I promise you he will offer you new life. I promise you he will offer you a renewal of all things in your life and in the world around you. And all over this room, people have experienced God's resurrection power. If you have experienced God's resurrection power, just, just wave at me for a second. If you've experienced at one point or another in your life, all these hands here, 17 years ago, I I experienced God's resurrection power, a life in anxiety and despair, and and the grace of Jesus touched me, and the power of God touched me, and I experienced something of his love and of his peace and of his kindness, and I said, I will follow you. Take me where you're going. I'm tired of this kind of experience, and some of you are saying, I'm tired of this, and Jesus says, if you're tired of this, I've got great news for you. I'll take you somewhere, You can't hold on to me, but I can hold on to you, and I can take you where I am going. For for many of us in this room, there's, there's really two groups of people in this room. The first group is for those of you that have never said yes to God, never said yes to Jesus, that you would rather do away with God or keep Jesus here, and you've never said yes to him. And we have an opportunity today to say yes, to say yes so he would pull you into his future pull you into new life, pull you. The, the moment I say yes to Jesus was the best moment of my life. Have I experienced hardship? Without question. Have I experienced trials? Absolutely. But even in celebration and in trials, this is the best decision I have ever made to follow him where he takes me. And we have an opportunity today to do that as well. So if some of you in this room, you never made that decision today. If you sense God nudging you today, if you sense him calling you by name, and I believe he is calling you by name, our response is to say yes. In your bulletin, there's a, a connection card, as Pete mentioned earlier. And in that connection card, in the back of it, there's an opportunity for you to write, I want to commit my life to Jesus. And you don't have to have all the theology in the world. You don't have to have all the Bible answers in the world. You don't have to clean yourself up before God accepts you. Oh, no, no, let me clean myself up. No, no, God accepts you as you are. He says, come to me as you are. And if you'd like to make a decision for for Christ, just just put your name there and say, I want to make a decision for Jesus. And at the end of our service, you can give it to one of the ushers, give it to folks in the prayer team or downstairs. But this is your day if you hear Jesus calling your name. For others in this room, maybe you've said yes to Jesus before, but maybe you have gone astray. Maybe you said, I don't understand. Maybe you've been hurt by church or hurt by religion, hurt by an experience that you've had. And you said, I I can't handle that anymore. But maybe today you sense God calling you back and saying, I've never left you. I'm holding you still. Would you say yes for me to take you where I'm going? And you as well can write in that card, I want to recommit myself to Christ. Jesus wants to open up a new future for every one of you in this room. And today is a day to say yes. I wanna invite the worship team to come forward as we have an opportunity to say yes to Christ today. For some of you for the first time, others for the hundredth time. And Jesus receives you over and over and over again. And if we would let him take us where he is going, I promise you, you have a life of abundance coming. If only you would say yes. I want to invite our prayer team to come to my right. I want to pray for us, and the worship team will lead us, and then we'll be dismissed. What would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this afternoon, this glorious Easter Sunday. Lord, thank you for meeting us at every service, for reminding us that we are loved by you, that your son Jesus has opened up a future for us, that we can walk into it, if we simply say yes to following him. Lord, thank you that you love us too much to keep us where we're at. You wanna pull us into your future. And so give us the courage, give us the boldness, give us the humility to say yes, I don't have all the answers, I'm trusting in you. Lord, we sing words of worship to you now, celebrating the truth, the fact that you are alive and well. We pray this in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, let's all stand and sing together. He is risen. He is risen. Indeed. He is risen. He is risen. Indeed. He is risen. He is risen. Indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. This is the best news in the world. The best news in the world. If this is true, and it is true, this changes everything. This changes everything. And the invitation is very simple. It's for us to say yes. Yes to his invitation. I I love how the story ends. The story ends, Mary in despair, weeping outside the tomb. She encounters the risen Jesus. He calls her name. He says, Mary, I have a great future for you. And then the story ends with Jesus saying, now now go tell your friends about this. And she started off in deep pain and crying. She runs off rejoicing with great joy, a great future. before. She's skipping through the town, announcing he is risen. And that's the kind of life that God has for you. A life that does not have to be clouded with despair and grief there is a life of joy for you, peace, in spite of the despair and challenges that you might face. Jesus is saying, are you willing to let me take you where you're going? We have a prayer team to my right. If today you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you, something inside of you saying, pulling you, like, like God drawing you to himself, just say yes. Just say yes. And we have a team that would love to pray with you, to give you some resource, to get you started on your journey. And and the reason we want you to put that card in there is because we want to come around you. You can't follow Jesus alone. You need a community around you to do it. And so whether you're making this decision for the first time or saying, I want to recommit my life, or saying in general, "I I want Jesus to take me where he is, where he's going, we can't do it alone. And this is why we are a church family in this together. To my left, we have the Lord's table. We have Kelly and Peter here to offer you, the length that Jesus went to offer you a new future. He died for you, broken body, poured out blood, didn't stay in the grave, resurrected, so there's a new future. But every time you take the bread and dip it in the cup, you are reminded of his great love for you. Every one of you in this room, he's calling you by name. And the simple response is yes. And so as we close, we have our prayer teams here. We have the communion table here. And for first-time visitors, as Pete mentioned, there's some cupcakes in the lobby. He is risen indeed, everybody. There are cupcakes waiting for you. And for some of you, there might be extra, so be on the lookout if you've been here for many years. Grab a cupcake in the name of Jesus, all right? As I close, I wanna invite you to open your hands towards heaven. If you're new to New Life, we close every Sunday like this because this is a posture of receiving. And the reason we do this is because we cannot give what we do not possess. And God wants to give you everything he wants you so that not just you can enjoy it, so that you can offer it to the world around you. And so with your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, Brothers and sisters, and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May he fill you with peace. May you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, saying yes to Jesus, allowing him to take you where he is going as opposed to you keeping him where you're at. May you be sensitive to his voice this week. May you say yes to him over and over May you experience the transformative power of the gospel and the power of the resurrection in every area of your life. I bless you on the strong, in the beautiful, in the resurrected name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. Grace and peace, everybody.